Well, good day, Prescott, and thank you for tuning in to Prescott E-News Prescott Talks. My name's Glenn Martin, and uh, a little, getting a little bit warmer out there. This is being recorded on a Thursday, so we got the AC turned up way high, so keeping, keeping us cool. But today's guest, Sherry Hanna, and Sherry is running for uh, uh, Board of Supervisors for Yavapai County District 1. So thank you, Sherry, for taking your time and swinging in and saying hi to us. Thank you, Glenn, for inviting me to talk to your viewers. I'm very happy to be here today. Okay, cool. Well, uh, I should say cool because it is finally starting to get cool in the studio. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Sherry, a lot of people know you. I know you. Can you tell the folks who might be uh, new to our community who Sherry Hanna is and why you're running for Board of Supervisors? Well, thank you. Yes, um, my, I am Sherry Hanna, and I'm running for the Yavapai County Board of Supervisors District 1. And the reason I'm running for this office is I want to preserve the characteristics that make Yavapai County and Prescott such a desirable place to live. And I want to be in a position to promote good policies that will benefit the county. Gotcha. Yes, I'm, I'm a native Arizonan. I, my family moved uh, uh, to Prescott in 1963. Mm -hmm. So I lived here except for two years when my husband uh, played baseball in college. We went to call, uh, Texas for two years gotcha. and then came back. Um, my my fam my parents owned a small business here in Prescott for 21 years. They owned the Western Bar on Whiskey Row. I attended uh, Prescott Public Schools and graduated from Prescott High School in 1973. So mm. go Badgers! Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's right. So um, I I married John Hanna Sr. Um, John uh, passed unfortunately passed away in 2013 from cancer. He battled cancer for two years. He was a downwinder. And so I, I am a widow, but my three children and their spouses and um, my 11 grandchildren make Prescott their home. So Great. I'm so blessed to have them here with me. Well, that's fantastic. Great story, Cherry. Mm -hmm. um, so you're not a newcomer. No, I'm not. not. And my uh, oldest son and my son-in-law are on the Prescott Police Force. And mm -hmm. my youngest son is a hotshot and, and is employed by Sedona Fire. Oh, wow. So my family is deeply vested in community service here. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the issues that are going on. And uh, uh, first thing I always like to start out because I'm a very avid Second Amendment guy. Um, and uh, where, you know, where do you stand with the Second Amendment? I know because I've seen you speak before, and uh, and I was involved with the uh, sexu sanctuary um, uh, movement and here in Yavapai and I watched you speak but okay. I'll let you put a little in your own words. Okay well I grew up uh, learning to shoot, um, hunting, guns were a big part of our lives but also gun safety was a big part of our lives. Uh, um, I am a former member of the NRA but I'm a member of the Well-Armed Woman here in Prescott and that's kind of where I got to know you. Uh, we used to shoot over at Prescott Gun Club and you were there and so I want to thank you for helping us. Sure. Uh, it was a, a great place and we sure hated to see Don and Elizabeth go but um, I've been active in supporting uh, Second Amendment gun rights my whole life and I was very honored to speak uh, before the Yavapai County Board of Supervisors in January when they were thinking about doing a resolution in support of the Second Amendment. Um, the issue there was uh, when we were there in January, and I have to say, it was packed. You were there. Yeah, I was it there. Very I, was, I was in the overflow crowd. <laughs> oh, out you were there. outside. Well, it was cold that day, wasn't yeah, it? it was. And it was uh, 
you know, packed in the boardroom, the lobby was packed, there was a line out the door through the parking lot. So there was a lot of people that were concerned. And I think we were concerned, Glenn, because we've seen what's going on around our country, yeah. uh, especially in Virginia, where they've, you know, started literally taking away people's gun rights. So when this movement uh, first started for Myrna Lieberson, Lieberson mm -hmm. uh, uh, I decided, you know, this is something I feel deeply about, I support, and so I wanted to make my presence known and voice my opinion in support of the Second Amendment. So I did speak. I, I asked the board in January uh, when I saw their, they were doing a proclamation. I asked them to go back and reword it and make it stronger. Um, in, I wanted it to mirror more of what Mojave County had done where they actually came out with a resolution in support of making Mojave County a Second Amendment Sanctuary County. So um, we, we all got up and spoke, um, and it was very evident from the four hours that we were there that people, this is what they wanted. So I want to commend Mary Mallory, uh, Supervisor Mary Mallory. Uh, she moved to table the proclamation, and Supervisor Thurman seconded it. And I want to commend the whole board for going back and bringing it back in February. Uh, I, I spoke again in February in support of their making uh, Yavapai County a Second Amendment Sanctuary County. So it was something that needed to be done, and I, I was glad to be a part of it. And I think the most important, I, I brought the resolution. Yeah. So, I, and I, I have to say that um, uh, Hildy Angus was there. She was the supervisor from Mojave County that authored their uh, resolution to make Mojave County a, a Second Amendment Sanctuary um, County. And I got to speak with her, and she was going around the state meeting with all the Board of Supervisors or Board of Commissioners, encouraging them, every county, to pass a resolution like this. So I'm, I'm grateful that Yavapai County did that. It mirrored what Mojave County had done. And I think these are the most important two last paragraphs of, of the resolution. It says, be it further resolved that the Yavapai County Board of Supervisors affirms its support of the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution and declares Yavapai County a Second Amendment Sanctuary County. Be it further resolved that the Yavapai County Board of Supervisors will not authorize or appropriate government funds, resources, employees, agency contractors, buildings, or excuse me, contractors, buildings, detention centers, or offices for purposes of enforcing laws that unconstitutionally infringe on the people's right to keep and bear arms. So I think that those were the most important part of Resolution 2020 that the Yapai County Board that of Supervisors That was the meat has. of it, that's for that's sure. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, you were talking about, now again, for the folks that might, I don't, unless you weren't living here. Yes, right. <laughs> there was about 600 people showed yes. up. And mm -hmm. on that day, it was about 30 degrees outside. Mm -hmm. And we stood in a line all the way, that wrapped all the way around. All the way around the county. And, mm -hmm. um, and it was all about red flags. It was about the red flag issue and uh, the removal of due process. Yes. And, and um, unfortunately, it was being supported by our governor and several of the other people. So we want to do you know, um, be proactive or pro make a preemptive strike. Mm -hmm. Unlike the folks in Virginia that 
really lost their, their rights. Yes. And then they had to come back and battle for them. Mm -hmm. We wanted to stop it before it got to us. So, mm -hmm. and with your help, and I know Daniel McCarthy was there, I believe when, uh, Colonel Re Wendy Rogers was there. Penny and, Pugh was there that and, represented Congressman Gosar. Yeah. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Gosar, actually, she read a statement from yes. the congressman. Mm -hmm. So, uh, with all that support, uh, and with your support, we stopped it. Yes. And we got the resolution. So, um, kind of going with it, you know, uh, on the same subject, it came before the city of Prescott, and Prescott decided that they didn't want to have that verbiage. Mm -hmm. What would you say to the leaders of the city of Prescott, saying, you know, if you supported it for the county, shouldn't Prescott follow along suit? Well, and you know, Pres the city of Prescott is a different entity than mm -hmm. Yavapai County. Right. I'm grateful that Yavapai County did this, and if the city of Prescott moves towards that direction, I'll be grateful for that. But that, that'll be a decision that they, they have to make. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Chino. I know that yes. it came up with Chino and mm -hmm. so, several other mm -hmm. areas. And um, it just seems like they want to just pull back just a little bit. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, with your help and a lot of others, we did get it passed in Yavapai County. We so. did. And Sheriff Masher spoke in favor of it. Um, he was one of the ones that was there also mm -hmm. and spoke. Um, he supports the Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. And so um, that that was good to know. Great. Mm -hmm. And again, you are an avid shooter. You are part of the well-armed women, like yes. you said. And mm -hmm. you were also, uh, again, I was thinking, where was the first time I met you? was at the well-armed women, I believe. Mm -hmm. And you were also at Ladies' Night with Prescott Gun Club. Yes. So you yes. would go in and mm -hmm. shoot our uh, courses of fire. Uh -huh. And uh, what did you think about that? Was that, like, did you feel more comfortable about what your training ability was during that time. I'm trying to make a commercial right now, Sherry, okay, for the ladies, who, the ladies that are watching right now. <laughs> yeah. We want you to come out and we want, us to tra want you to train with us. Okay, so the one thing that I really enjoyed about the well-armed women is they put a lot of emphasis on gun safety. And that is the first part. When we go to shoot, we have an hour every time and we re-review new policies on gun safety and old policies. And the more repetitive it is, the more you're apt to remember to do that. And so with gun, gun ownership comes gun responsibility. Right. And that's a huge part, gun safety. So that I enjoyed that. I enjoyed um, working with you because it was a great facility. You guys are very knowledgeable. And uh, the women, I love being with the women. You know, I, I've made friends that I still have today that I first were introduced to at the Well-Armed Woman. And being a single woman myself, you know, when I was married, I depended on John a lot as my protector because you just do. But now that I am alone and, you know, there's been several instances at my house in the evening that, um, you know, prompted me to be a little frightened. And so I think it's just good that you know how to protect yourself. Um, you know, unfortunately, we live in a world where we can't control what other people do. And there are people out there that want to harm other people. And so I feel um, just the responsibility, if I'm going to be a gun owner, uh, to know how to safely um, have a gun. And, and I, I owe that to the well-armed woman. 
Thank you for saying that because I want to let the folks know if you have any interest in learning and training, mm -hmm. the well-armed women are still out there. Yes. They'll get them on the Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. They're out in Cheeto Valley now yes. and join that group. It's a great organization where women train uh, women and, mm -hmm. and we and they run through different courses of fire. And mm -hmm. even if you are never handled a firearm before, you hit it right on the nail, Sherry. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's all about safety and that's yes. where it all starts. Mm -hmm. So again, if you're... Um, have any ideas or thoughts about ever owning a firearm or training mm -hmm. well-armed women so thank you for for saying that i appreciate that we i support them i mean it's a great group it's a and great group and they and, yeah. and they got great leadership they so. do mm -hmm. so let's go on and let's talk about you know um we're at the kind of in the middle of this covid thing and for the last couple months it only take me about 10 minutes to get to the studio from my house. And today I'm driving and I'm going, holy cow, mm -hmm. are we ever back to normal back to on the normal. Free roads and the mm -hmm. streets? So, um, you know, we're experiencing a lot of growth here in, in our county and in our area. And um, the roads aren't going to be able to take it much longer, Sherry. What's mm -hmm. your thoughts? Well, you know, I, growing up here, I've seen a lot of change. And I remember growing up here, we didn't have a lot of growth. I mean, it was tough to make a living here. My parents were small business owners and they, you know, I, I know what they went through. So one thing that people started clamoring for was more services. They needed more services to be here because we used to have to go to Phoenix for pretty much everything. And so when we started getting more services, you know, we got the mall and we got Costco and then we, we got Trader Joe's and more people started coming. We, we had, when I was growing up, we, there was a time when there were businesses around the county, uh, around the courthouse that were boarded up because, you know, you just couldn't make a living. And, and around town there were too. So it was important that if you're going to have people live here, you need the service. They want the services. And we couldn't even get good doctors to stay here because we didn't have a lot of services that their wives want, you know, were used to. So we provided the services, people started coming, and then we started seeing the growth. And then once they learned what a great place it is here with our climate, um, the clean air, all that we have to offer with our trails, our lakes, and, and just the good people that live here. And, and, and one thing I have to say too, I talk, I talk to people a, a lot. I'm out there a lot, and I'm a dog walker. I walk my dogs on the plaza almost every day, so I get to talk to a lot of people. So I ask them, why do you come here? Why, what brought you to Prescott? And they say, I like to come, I came here because of the, the town is clean, it's safe, and the people are friendly. And that's why they're here. And we owe a great deal to our law enforcement because they keep our town clean, they keep our town safe, and, and so do the people that live here. It, it's a reflection of the population. But, you know, then people will tell me, I don't see graffiti around here. And I said, no, you don't. We don't let that happen. And that's, that's a good thing. And that's why people come here. So we know that we're going to have people coming here. We know we cannot stop growth. People ask me all the time, you need to do something to stop the growth. We can't stop it. We have to manage it. And you hear that all the time, we have to manage it. But I go back to when I was growing up, you know, they used to have, just people would start building any, anywhere. They'd have wildcat subdivisions or they'd put a motor home over, uh, um, a manufactured home here and then they'd build a house over here. And nothing against manufactured homes, but there was no continuity. And this is what managed growth does. It 
sets guidelines, it sets restrictions that benefit the environment, that benefit our quality of life. And so that's what we need to continue because we see now with the COVID-19 situation, more people working from home, they now know they can work from home and they're gonna live in a place where they wanna live. And we're gonna see, I believe, more antique uh, of growth. We're gonna have more people coming here because they can work from home and they're gonna want a good quality of life and that's what we have to offer. Well, I think a lot of it, you know, and I'm from California, so I can I feel comfortable saying this. Mm. I'm driving down the road, and I think I am in California because I see a lot of California license plates. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I think that as uh, we see further restrictions in other states where, um, um, you know, a lot of the freedoms they can't express. Mm -hmm. You know, look at Lake Havasu last weekend. It was mm -hmm. I guess it was just crazy. Yes. And so was Prescott. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the town was full, and we had a lot of outside customers. Uh, customers mm -hmm. I'm going back to my <laughs> I'm having a flashback right now <laughs> a lot of outside people you know mm -hmm. uh, coming to see in us mm -hmm. um, so we will exp you know that's how we found it you know yes. six years ago mm -hmm. we came to Prescott on a vacation and then we just kept on coming and coming and coming next thing you know you know what it's it really is for all the reasons you just got done speaking about mm -hmm. um, I mean people would actually wave to you as you're going down the street in oh, a lot of areas exactly. so yeah. it, it reminded me of the small town mm -hmm. with services if you mm -hmm. will like you were saying uh, with Costco and, and, and Trader Joe's but yet mm -hmm. we still had that small town feel mm -hmm. and it's um, it's really going to be uh, hard to you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. I think I heard that from Jim Lamerson one mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. um, it's it, We do need to have the growth, but um, it's hard to balance all that together. And we look towards our Board of Supervisors mm -hmm. and our town councils to balance all that. Mm -hmm. And you know, the, the difference between, there are some roads that you can fix and widen and, and prepare for the, the growth of the traffic. And then there are some roads you can't. And we see that around the plaza. You know, so I think people need to be mindful. Every day they wake up, where do they get to live? Prescott, Arizona. And when you go out on the road, you know, you drive friendly, yeah. leave early. You yeah. know that the traffic is gonna be heavier and you don't anymore, you know, it used to be five, 10 minutes we could get across town. We can't do that anymore. And so we need to just uh, be, you know, recognize that and work. And the county has a great plan for roads. And they, they do a really good job. And, and they're different from the city. The county has such a large area to maintain. And with the growth in the county too, which, you know, a lot of the developers do the infrastructure when they do come in. But the county has such a large area to maintain. And so they have a system, dirt to black. And um, they have a good process where they keep the, the roads maintained, they prioritize, and it's a lot of money, but you know, they, they do a good job of it. And, and, and people are just gonna have to realize as the, as the county grows, we're gonna need more roads and, and they're gonna prioritize and, and that's how they, they handle that. And one of the things I always remind people is slow down. Yeah, slow It's down. Prescott, it's mm -hmm. not LA anymore, it's yes. not Orange County, mm -hmm. we're not in, at the beach cities, you know, you just mm -hmm. need to slow down a little bit. Life is mm -hmm. a little bit slower here. Mm -hmm. And when you take the time to slow down and wave to your neighbors, That's right. life is much better. Yeah, so. and let somebody in in front of you, I mean, it, what is it gonna cost you two seconds more if you stop and let somebody come in and, and, and pull in front of you and get in line and just be drive friendly. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, we, we get to live here. That's just an amazing thing. Let's get a little bit deeper into some of our subjects about um, uh, the economy. And um, with COVID-19, um, there's a lot of things that are going on uh, with our economy, not mm -hmm. only in our county, our cities, and at our state level. And uh, we talk about, you know, building and expanding roads. And we're talking mm -hmm. about, and I'm, I'm kind of prefixing this to the jail. We're talking about expanding the Justice Center. And I understand, you know, we're not sure where we're going to be at, economically within the county. What are your ideas on that? Well, and it's uncharted waters that we're in. You know, we never expected this to come up. I mean, you can prepare for fires. You can prepare for flooding. And that's what we prepare for in our area because that's what we are so susceptible to, fires. So we take all the precautions to be fire-wise. And we are now in stage two fire. Uh, so we know that in this area, that's what we deal with. California deals with earthquakes. Midwest deals with floods and tornadoes. We never saw this coming. So as a county though, we were, I, I feel that they've done a great job. You know, they, they came together, the city and outlying areas and joined the MAX program so they could all be together and be informed and get the same, you know, the word out to the public. And um, Yavapai County, has done a great job with our health department, Leslie Horton, and Dan Cherry over there is over emergency management. So I know I've, I've been in contact with them through this whole thing, and they've been working 24-7, 365, you know, making sure the phone bank was open and providing emergency uh, personal protective equipment to the outlying areas. You know, I, I went and helped with that, get that out to our fire departments in the outlying areas. So they had everything they needed. So right now we're we're trying we're coming into a recovery period renewal business renewal, and I, I visited the businesses some of them around town, and they have gone to great lengths, Glenn, to bring their businesses up not only to the state standards but the national standards the CDC standards, and it's expensive for them, mm -hmm. but they realize that this is what they need to need to do to make their customers feel like they can come into their business and feel safe and um, secure. So the businesses have gone to a lot of effort to do that. And so I feel, and, and like you said, being out, I've been out, people are coming out, they're coming back out, whether they wear masks or they don't wear masks. They are, they are ready to come back out and support our businesses. And so I just encourage people to do that because I think that's gonna be the main thing. You know, people need to start, if you're going, if, if the restaurant's open now, but if they, and you don't want to go in, if they still do takeout or delivery, then utilize that. Just please continue to do that. And support our businesses locally. I know it's easy to go online and do that, but now that, you know, everybody's opening back up and they've gone to such lengths to make their facilities safe for everybody, we need to patronize them and help them. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I, I, you know, we, we really pushed on our show uh, buying gift certificates when we were sure. in it and you know we need to go out and, and support our small businesses mm -hmm. our mom-and-pop shops but going back to the county mm -hmm. economy if you will you know I watched um, uh, Phil Bardone I believe mm -hmm. is the way I pronounce his name Phil Bardone yes yeah mm -hmm. and he was talking about how they're going to pull back on buying new vehicles because yes. a lot of a uh, a lot of uncertainties that are out there right now mm -hmm. uh, with the economy. Uh, I know the state has stopped all road uh, uh, construction mm -hmm. because they don't know, you know, that billion dollar surplus that our governor talked about, 
vanished in thin air within a month of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about our economy right here in uh, Yavapai County. And um, it, it doesn't seem to me that a lot of the projects are still wanting to go forward. No. Uh, I had uh, Wiley Klein talking about a connector in District 2 that, that, that they want to continue to build. The Verde Connect. The Verde Connect. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, these, these are multi-million dollar projects. And I know that's not your district, so but no, I but want I your do opinion. Know about the Verde I'd like to connect. have your opinion mm-hmm. that you know, with the uncertainty of the economy, where do you stand on on proceeding with these projects? Mm-hmm. Well, the Verde Connect is a little different because the county worked very hard and applied for and received a twenty-five million dollar grant from the federal government to do this project, and so. Right now, um, I, I, the county is stopping everything, and I, I support that. They've, you know, they've asked the department heads to start cutting five to fifteen percent of their budget right now to do it, and I support that. And so, but with the Verde Connect, because of the situation that, of the grant, mm-hmm. and um, they work so hard to get it, and those grants are so hard to receive because you're competing with the whole United States for these grants. So when they received it, they're gonna hold on and they're looking at it very carefully, but they're gonna try to proceed with that because they don't wanna lose that grant. And, and to go back and to give it back and then try and get it back again would just be such a horrendous process. And it's desperately needed over there in the Verde. So uh, on the Verde Connect, that's where they stand now. And, and they're looking at, right now they're taking public comment, they're in that phase getting input from the public on environmental issues and any other um, kind of issues that the people might have over there, you know, to help make this project a success. They want to, If they have the, the, if they've they've got the grant, and I don't know that much about it, so I'm picking your brain on this one. Um, If they've got the grant, why, and they're going to proceed with it, what would be the reason they would have public comment or uh, public feedback if they've already made the decision to go forward with the well, project. Well, they want to be good neighbors over there in the Verde, you know. Um, but if you're going to build it anyway. Well, no, but they, they're going to take into consideration the concerns that the people have, especially environmental concerns, all those things. And that's a good thing, you know, to get input from the people and do the best you can to work with the people because we're all in this together, okay. you know. And we don't want to, we don't want to have... Uh, make it a hard feeling situation, you know. So I think that was a wise decision for them to get input from the public over there. And as far as the jail, the Justice Center, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're supportive of going forward mm-hmm. with that project in the middle of this? Yes, I am. And let me tell you why. Sure. Um, I, I have supported the new Criminal Justice Center. Um, Yavapai County has grown so fast and and I think if the one thing that we need to keep in mind this is very important 65% of the people that are the offenders that are arrested over to the Verde are arrested here in Prescott so that's a very important thing to remember when you're going over the facts of the Criminal Justice Center and um, the transportation costs back and forth $2 million a year we're spending in maintenance and transportation costs. The time that our officers, both sheriff's deputies and p- police officers, when they arrest an offender and have to transport them over to the Verde, that's a four hour minimum out of their time, out of their day that they could be on the street 
protecting us to transport um, the offenders over there because you know there's a booking process everything has to be done to the letter so that everything is correct and then the drive over and back and especially if the weather's bad that that is really something that they have to deal with too so um, what this criminal justice center is going to do and when this all started Sheriff Masher, Chief Deputy Rhodes, and Sheila Polk, our Yavapai County attorney, came together looking at the statistics and seeing how there was such a reoccurrence of certain individuals coming in and out of the jail, what we call the revolving door. And so these individuals were arrested, um, did their time, either they bonded out or they were let out after they did their time, and then they were seeing them back within you know, three or four weeks, they, the same people were coming back. So what they decided to do was, with this criminal justice center, they decided to put, implement programs that would help these people because obviously they weren't getting the help from their families or anybody else when they were released and they were, they were seeing them come back. So they put together this program, it was called the Reach Out Program. They brought in Spectrum Healthcare, they brought in other healthcare agencies to deal with the issues that they were seeing, drugs, alcoholism, mental health. And so what this criminal justice center is gonna be, it's gonna be a facility that's going to house um, two judges chambers, a health facility, other uh, facilities for other agencies that can help with drugs and alcohol and mental health. And when an offender is arrested, they're gonna be brought to the criminal justice center. They will see a judge. They will be evaluated. They will see a judge. And it'll be determined at that time if they've committed a severe crime, well, all right, they're going, to, they're going to the Verde jail. If it's an issue with mental health, alcoholism, drugs, or for our veterans, this is gonna be a huge support system for our veterans because our veterans have given so much. And we wanna be able to help them suicide issues, homeless issues. So if their uh, offenders are arrested and brought here and they're evaluated, they're gonna be diverted to the help they need. And they're gonna have, um, if it's, like I said, a drug issue or mental health issue, they're gonna get the help they need while they're there. So with, when they are released, they've, they've had the counseling, they've had everything they need. And we've got three years of statistics that show that this Reach Out program is working. It's, it's dropped the recidivism of them coming back. So, and that's, that's what we need to do. And it's been such a great program, Glenn, that Governor Ducey has uh, given money to this program and other counties are now looking at it as a model for their um, jails over in their districts. So it's, it's been a good thing and uh, we, we all know that we have people that need help. Yeah, and, unfortunately, and, and, mm -hmm. and you're right, Sherry. And there's a lot of, a lot of, like you're saying, the Veterans Court. Mm -hmm. And I know Mitch Padilla, and I actually talked to Mitch about that. I know Mitch. We're yes. going mm -hmm. a little bit deeper and getting mm -hmm. into uh, uh, Veterans Court with for misdemeanors mm -hmm. and trying to avoid uh, somebody who's on the wrong path before they get to the felony sure. stage. Sure. And mm -hmm. uh, a group of people that a lot of us. Uh, 
or not a lot of us, but a lot of people have forgotten about is mm -hmm. our women vets, you mm -hmm. know. Oh, definitely. We always think about the men, you know, mm -hmm. going on the wrong path. Well, you know, there's a lot of female uh, veterans vets out here. there that need the help mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these things were put out by the Chin Report back in 2016. They were. And there, was, um, there were other things that were involved with that. Um, do you know, and I know this is kind of off, the, off a little bit from where we were talking, mm -hmm. how much of the Chin Report has actually been implemented in the jail? Uh, we, we asked for their recommendations. Do you know that? I don't, and I'm asking you. I just well, that's why they that. implemented this reach out program because... There was three of those, but there was several mm -hmm. other uh, components of that. Mm -hmm. Do you know if those components were implemented? Or, no, I know uh, they worked on the overcrowding. Yeah. And that's why they that's wanted... That's where it was, that's the overcrowding. The overcrowding, and they wanted to make these... Uh, to help these people get help so that they wouldn't be stuck in there gotcha. and then cause the overcrowding. If they, if the ones that needed to be there need to be there. Right. No, I agree. I mean, mm -hmm. bad people exist. That's you and right. I both know. And yes. there's mm -hmm. no reason in the world that we'd want those people walking the streets, that's mm -hmm. for sure. Sure. Um, and, and we wanted to abide by these with the Chin Report because we didn't want the federal government right coming in and taking control away from us and right. mandating. And then that costs us money. We lose local control. And it's when the federal yeah. government gets involved, you know, yeah, it's not Yeah, well, a we good need thing. to get some ideas, you know, for, for that. Because, I mean, we still remember it's $110 a day for incarceration. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of money that, that uh, you know, sometimes I think there's other ways of, of working that. But that's not a well, part of this show. But, that's true. You but know, the, I just... Uh -huh. it, you know, when somebody gets, like, I, I know some people who have been arrested for stupid things. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not criminals. They just did something stupid. Mm -hmm. They go before a magistrate, and the magistrate says, okay, you have a, you know, $4,000 fine. They can't afford that $4,000 fine. So where do they wind up? They wind up in the Verde Jail at $110 a day on our dime. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of hospitals that could, you know, back in the California days, and I don't mean to share California ideas, mm -hmm. but in California we had inmates washing clothes at the hospitals or picking up trash down the freeways, mm -hmm. and that wouldn't cost us $110 a day. But again, those are just some of the subjects and the thoughts that outside of the box of trying to eliminate some of that overcrowding. Well, and the offenders that can pay financially, yeah, right. they make them pay. Yeah. They do. Oh, I know. And yeah. then the ones that, that come out that have a fine to pay, mm -hmm. and they used to do this, and I'm sure they still do. Yeah. When they get them to a position and a health position where they can be back in mm -hmm. the public as productive citizens, citizens of our society, they can get a job and they can make payments to pay those fines. Gotcha. And that's the goal, you yeah. know. And, and another thing too, having this justice center here, a lot of these offenders, their family members couldn't go to the Verde and see them. Family support is huge when mm -hmm. you are in a facility and this will make it um, a centralized location because the majority of people that are put in there are from Prescott. Yeah. So their families will be closer and family support is important in any type of recovery. Let's talk about um, PSPRS, one of my okay. favorite subjects. <laughs> <laughs> Moving from the jail to PSPRS, yeah, you know. Okay. So we, you know, we were talking about a little bit earlier, you know, the state has a real liability as well. Mm -hmm. um, one of my arguments has always been we, you know, the state was around 900,000 in liability and uh, uh, I'm sorry, 900 million, million. in, li in yeah. liability. <laughs> That'd be nice but yet we kept on talking about this billion dollar surplus. Well, mm -hmm. that could make that go away as well. Mm -hmm. um, this, the county raised taxes 
uh, 18% on a $100,000 uh, value. Mm -hmm. Part of that tax was going to the Justice Center and remodeling. The second part of that tax was going to pay down PSPRS. Now, last I heard and last I watched, uh, the county manager, Phil Bardone, was talking about taking that 4% of the money because of the financial issues that we're mm -hmm. having because of COVID mm -hmm. and moving that over into the general fund rather than paying off that P the extra liability of PSPRS. I'll let you answer that. Okay, so the 4.5 million payment is not due until January. Mm -hmm. So we can do that right now. And if we need those funds, we can. But we won't be penalized if we don't pay till January. And that's when we're gonna start making the payment to start paying down the PSPRS. So I, I, I wanna commend the county because as you know, I was co-chair of the Stanford Prescott ES on 443 mm -hmm. that helped the city um, tackle their unfunded liability. And at the time the city decided, or this group decided to do something, the city of Prescott was over $80 million in unfunded liability. So uh, we came together, uh, Celia Jernigan and I, were, uh, we co-chaired the event. We had a great group of people, community leaders, and just citizens that were concerned because we knew that there was no way the general fund for the city of Prescott could stand to make the payment with such a large amount of unfunded liability. It just wasn't going to happen. So every way we looked at this situation, Glenn, we came to the conclusion that we need more revenue. And me, as a fiscal conservative, that was a hard pill to swallow because I'm not a person that likes to go out and just raise taxes arbitrarily. But we saw what would happen if we did nothing. The city would go into bankruptcy, and that's, that wasn't an option. So we came together. We had a plan. We worked very hard. We asked the citizens of Prescott to trust us and trust that if this passed, we would tackle the unfunded liability and it, it has been a huge success. And if you, I don't know if you saw the paper today, mm -hmm. the figures that have come out. And so we are ahead of schedule and um, it's, it, it, it's a great thing. We, we saved the city, we saved laying off police and fire. We were able to keep our library open. We didn't have to um, you know, close fire stations. And it was a good economic boost for our town. You know, our retailers, uh, I, I run into people and they say, thank you for doing that because if we would have had to file bankruptcy, then people wouldn't be out. You, you know what happens when a city or town files bankruptcy? It's devastating. So the merchants suffer too. Um, so it's been a success. I, I'm, I was proud to be in my small way a, a part of that. Mm -hmm. So for the city, <clears throat> excuse me, to move to tackle the county unfunded liability right now was a good move and I supported that because we couldn't let it go any further. Now when you talk about <clears throat> the criminal justice center, 68 million, we bonded that out. We got an excellent rate because of our credit rating in Yavapai County and that's a, a credit to previous board of supervisors and our current board. Um, they have done a great job being fiscally conservative, paying our bills, and even in this volatile economic time, we were able to get a bond rate of 2.84%, which is great. And we're bonding it for 20 years, and um, we'll do one payment a year, 4.3 million, 
and we will be able to build this criminal justice center and it will be a great asset to our law enforcement and our community, it will. Let's go back to PSPRS. So okay. um, we were talking about that money being turned over into the general fund. So are you um, for at the January, that uh, you said would you have to January to pay for that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> at to January, are you, are you saying that you would support either keep it in the general fund or send it to the PSPRS as it was intended? Because it was taxed at 18%. The mm -hmm. intention was to pay down PSPRS. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're down into a situation where we had to move things around a little bit. Are we going to still pay that $4 million in the PSPRS? And I just want your opinion on mm -hmm. that. Well, I'd like to see it happen. We do have a $15 million reserve fund in the county, which could go fast. But we're going to have to see the returns. You know, how things come back. But the county has their contingency plan, and uh, we will move forward, and hopefully we'll be able to make that payment. I feel we will, and, and it'll be a good thing. It'll be a good start. Yeah, I hope we can, I hope mm -hmm. we can pay it too. Yes. Because that was the intention of the bill. Kind of mm -hmm. like 443, when yes, we go back to that. Mm -hmm. 443 was mandated that that money collected was going to pay down the yes. pension. And that's why we worded and that's it why in we, the, Yeah, mm -hmm. and, but that, Verbiage isn't in the in the taxation of mm -hmm. the city of the county, right? No, I I realize that, but knowing this board, very very fiscally conservative, they are going to do everything they can to move that direction. Okay, yeah. great. You know what? I don't have any more any more notes on my on my <laughs> my pad. So mm -hmm. um, I want to say just again, um, is there anything else that you would like to bring up, Sherry? You've got all your notes in front oh. of you. You're more than welcome to share your thoughts. Well, I just want to thank you again for this opportunity to uh, have me speak and let people know who I am and what I'm about. Mm -hmm. um, the reason that you know I'm running for this office because I feel that I want to be in a position to help preserve our lifestyle that we've, that we've known that, er, that is attractive to everybody else, you know, for Prescott and Yavapai County. And I also want to be in a position to make good policy for the county. And, uh, you know, I've, I've lived here my, most of my life, and I, I want to, you know, just be able to represent the people. The people deserve a representative who will be driven, visible, and accessible. And that's, that's my desire, uh, is becoming the District 1 supervisor. I've been out in the district for two years on my own time, getting to know the issues, getting to know the people. I've been to, I've sat through two budget sessions. I've been to most of the board meetings. I've been to community meetings, not only in Prescott, but out in the district. Um, I've been to events where I've been invited out. So my goal, Glenn, was when I get elected to be your supervisor, I will be able to move in and be up to date on everything. Nobody will have to really bring me up to date on what's going on in District 1 or the county. And I have built on the relationships and accomplishments that Supervisor Simmons has done. And so I've, I feel I'm in a good position to uh, take on what's, what's coming up. And I've been very knowledgeable and studying uh, the policies. And I've visited with most of the department heads so I know what their issues are. And I, I have to say that the department heads I've spoken with are very conscious about the money they have to
to oversee. And they work well with the board. And, and that's a good thing. You know, the county, the county employees, the county uh, department heads and their assistants, they seem like, because I've been to all the meetings and set through their presentations, and they seem like they have a great rapport with the board. And that, that's a good thing to help the county. They all work together for the same goal. Well, thank you, Sherry. I appreciate mm -hmm. your time. And I have only one more question for you. Okay. Will you come back and see us? I will. Sure. Okay. I'll be happy to, Glenn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I enjoy talking, and it's great to have you on. Thank you. And you're welcome to come on anytime. Just, Thank you. Just, you know, mm -hmm. uh, your, your campaign manager has my phone number, so yeah, sure. you can say, you know what, I think I'll go see, see Glenn at Prescott E-News. Yes. You just say the word, and we'll oh, be glad I to have you on, that. okay? It was so nice to so, see you again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Yes. Well, I, you know what, it's neat that we have this forum that we can mm -hmm. get to know our candidates, and that's this whole show, what the show is about you know sure uh, we don't want to debate or anything like that we just want to know where you stand what what you stand for and then let the folks out there in uh, Prescottville know uh, exactly uh, who they're gonna vote for and, and what they who they would want to support so exactly um, I, I, I hope you enjoyed your time here and I and did I appreciate, you know, I appreciate your uh, yes your, your kindness and uh, I think that's one thing when we run for office we want to you know, be positive. Yeah, well, absolutely. You know, we want to, we, we live in a great place. We want to continue that. And yeah. we all have to live here together. So let's work together, be positive, And we're all working for the same goal. We love Prescott and Yavapai County. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much. And thank you, Prescott, for tuning in today. As always, I love to, th I just want to say thank you to all our uh, military prior and current serving military people out there giving us the opportunity that we can sit down at the table and exercise our freedom of speech and, and, uh, and talk about the issues that are going on within our communities. Also, our law enforcement and firefighters, we thank you so much. Uh, keeping our streets safe and our community safe as well. Mm -hmm. So with that, Prescott, we'll see you next time. And thank you again for tuning in.